This episode is brought to you by Vonage. Your business needs more than an 800 number. With Vonage Voice API, you can provide the call experience your customers expect and get the data your team needs. From call analytics and virtual assistance to automatic speech recognition and text-to-speech in multiple languages. Your customer service team can help more people in more places. And with in-app voice, your customers can easily contact you the moment they have a question. Take your calls to the next level with Vonage Voice API. Learn more at Vonage.com. Diablo 4 has arrived. As the forces of hell gather, only you can stand in their way. Journey across the expansive open world of Sanctuary. Choose from five powerful classes, then progress them to fit your playstyle. Adventure with your friends in up to four-player co-op with cross-play and cross-progression on all platforms. Welcome to hell. Diablo 4, available now. Rated M for Mature. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Relief Band. If you regularly suffer from nausea, listen up. Relief Band is a clinically proven wearable nausea solution with no drugs or unwanted side effects. It treats nausea caused by motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, and more using technology that sends signals to your brain to stop nausea quickly and effectively. Get relief today. Shop now at ReliefBand.com. And to get 20% off your purchase, use the code RELIEF20 at checkout. Hey guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. Uh, this is your host, Ekta, and today's episode is very, very special to me because I am really excited to learn all about this phenomenal brand. Um, as many of you know, we are in the space right now, um, as far as the beauty industry goes and the wellness industries go, where um, aging well and long- longevity science is really taking over and it's taking, um, you know, front and center positions. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to the founder of a revolutionary new brand that I discovered um, thanks to Jan Marini. Huge shout out to Jan for putting me on to Novos. Um, but without further ado, uh, welcome Chris Miraboli, founder of Novos. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Ekta. It's nice to be here. It's lovely to host you. And like I said, you know, I'm already a huge fan of the brand and can't wait to learn all about it. But I really want to learn about you first and your background and what led to, you know, your work with Novos, if you could walk us down memory lane. Sure, sure. So it begins when I was 12 years old. I was really interested in in health. I saw an issue of Men's Health magazine on the newsstand and Uh, I was inspired by the people in the magazine. So I started to exercise and eat healthy. And so, uh, you know, compared to most other 12 and 13 year olds, I was uh, more healthy than most. So it came as a real surprise to me when I was 16 years old and I was in New York City on a school trip when I suddenly felt dizzy and nauseous. And the next thing I knew, I woke up with blood all over my shirt because I had had a seizure And when I was rushed to the emergency room, they later found out that it was caused by a brain tumor. And so uh, the next steps were emergency surgery and radiation and removal of that tumor. And then about a a year worth of recovery and all that time, it it really shaped me in in so many different ways. I I was contemplating mortality at 16 years old and in in a, a position where I never wanted to be again until like the very, very final days, hopefully far out into the future. So 
that that really evolved my thinking of health from one that was much more superficial admittedly like when i was a, a teenager i just wanted to be attractive and and play sports well and so i wanted to build muscle and um and uh and that's that's more of the aesthetic side of of health but after this experience i realized that health is far more than that it's biology it is the avoidance of disease and so that was was a seed that was planted that has over the years eventually uh blossomed into what what i've now started with novos that's wow what a story i i'm so sorry that you had to go through that first of all at such a young age but i am so happy to see that not only did you come through but now you're doing something so incredible um with your time and your work i mean really hats off to you chris that's that's very inspiring thank you thank you that's very kind of you no i mean i i really want to learn all about the brand um you know really because the idea of this aging you know like aging well right it's it's almost you know treated as this novel uh approach now in the cosmetic industry and i always find it to be a little strange you know from a scientific standpoint where you know i kind of grew up with science and and seeing how we definitely don't propagate anti-aging you know in general and most scientists don't so when i found your brand i was just so intrigued by how you guys were really um working with things like you know focusing on telomeres and stuff so i want you to talk to us about that talk to us about like what does novos really stand for and what is the approach you're taking towards aging well Sure. Yeah. What when uh, scientists in the in the field of longevity medicine and longevity biology hear the term anti aging, they kind of like shriek <laughs> because <laughs> it's it's not something that they they uh, they believe in the idea of of anti aging um, as opposed to longevity. Longevity being trying to extend your health span and lifespan by as much as possible, and in doing so, you could potentially slow down the aging process, which you know, can in, in some sense lead you to that terminology of, of anti-aging, but not in the traditional sense. When you think of cosmetics and, and uh, skincare products, it, it's typically just trying to hide the signs of aging by, for example, moisturizing your skin more. Uh, whereas longevity would be taking the approach of trying to slow down the underlying biological mechanisms or causes of aging so that you are actually slowing down the aging process for your skin, but for your entire organ system, your, your, your entire organism, if you will, um, as a whole. So, uh, there's specifically 12 hallmarks of aging that scientists have uncovered and Novos as, as a, as a brand, as well as the flagship product that we sell addresses all 12 of those hallmarks simultaneously. We also include in our formulation, and, and since you brought up skin health, I'll, I'll um, talk a little bit to this. Uh, there are ingredients that can have favorable impacts on skin health from the inside out. So you can orally ingest these, these ingredients rather than applying them topically, and they can have positive effects. Most people know of collagen by now. Uh, there's also, for example, oral hyaluronic acid that can increase the hyaluronic acid in your skin and then thereby increasing the moisturization of your skin in the deeper, uh, uh, layers of the dermis, um, as opposed to the, the topical solutions that are really on, on like the, uh, the top layers in the epidermis of, of the skin. So these exist 
there will be more and more companies trying to create formulations that do this. Where Novos is different is although we have ingredients that can have these short-term skin health benefits, we are once again, we are focusing on the biological causes of aging as the foundation of the formulas. So it's more about the long-term aging process so that when you fast forward years from now or a decade from now, you have actually put the brakes on aging and you're doing far better than, than your peers. That makes so much sense to me. Honestly, Chris, that's more practical than anything I've ever heard about it. Because I mean, even with things like collagen, like you had brought up, like, you know, hyaluronic acid, collagen. I mean, I'm always, uh, you know, dealing with like supplement brands that want to, you know, come on the show or tell us about what they're doing. But I always have this problem with understanding why people think that ingesting giant proteins that are not going to be utilized, you know, by the body is an approach towards you know, doing what exactly you're talking about here, which is a whole different idea, right? I mean, it's like people don't understand like molecular biology sometimes, I think, because that's not how things work. You can't just take, you know, a giant collagen molecule and just think that it's going to go where it needs to go, you know? So I have my own frustrations with that, I think, <laughs> you know? Um, but you had mentioned the 12 um, pillars, right, of aging, and I would love for you to walk us through those if you could. Sure, sure. So they're known as uh, the 12 hallmarks of aging or the 12 mechanisms of aging in the scientific community. Uh, shorthand, you could just say the 12 causes of aging. And they all they all uh, connect with each other. It's, it's this complex web where they are all impacting each other. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll go through each of them and I'll, I'll just give a very quick summary of each of them for your listeners to uh, understand from a high level what, what each of these does. So uh, first is mitochondrial dysfunction, and mitochondria are the power plants of our cells. They convert the carbs and the fats and the proteins that we ingest into energy. And so as we age, the mitochondria, they either die off, so you have fewer of them in each cell, or they become dysfunctional. And if the power centers of your cells are becoming dysfunctional, then the cells can't behave as they should. And then by extension, the tissue and the organ that they are a part of is not going to fully uh, uh, function as, as it should. The second is cellular senescence. So senescent cells are former healthy cells that stop dividing and they secrete substances that damage the healthy surrounding cells. A lot of people think of senescent cells as zombie cells, they have that type of characteristic. They're not actually behaving as a healthy cell. They're also not dead and removed by the body. So they just linger around and they release what's called a SASP, uh, which is this senescent associated secretory phenotype, a big term for a simple idea of, of just uh, free radicals that can then damage nearby cells and cause them to become senescent. And, uh, um, and so you get more of these, they increase exponentially in number as you get older. And so you want to try to reduce the amount of senescent cells and it, it plays a, a significant role in skin aging, actually. Uh, number three is loss of proteostasis. So over time, there's more and more proteins that accumulate inside and outside of our cells, which then interferes with proper functioning of those cells. An analogy I like to give is if you think of uh, you garbage accumulating inside of your home and outside of your home. So you take the trash bags out and now there's a ton of garbage by your driveway and your walkway and there's garbage inside. Now you can't access the features of, of your home 
Um, you can't even get into your home. So it's very similar with a loss of proteostasis when the proteins build up. Number four is altered intracellular communication. So as we get older, our cells become increasingly exposed to a hostile environment, which is largely based on all of these different hallmarks of aging kind of conspiring together. And it, it leads to an increase in inflammation, uh, more senescent cells, like I mentioned, dysfunctional stem cells, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, and so the cells are not able to communicate with each other as well. When you think of our bodies, it's this like vast, complicated network, uh, communication network, and molecules are secreted to be able to communicate uh, to other cells. And um, partly as a result of the loss of proteostasis and other reasons as well, um, the cells can't communicate with each other as well, and therefore they don't respond to stimuli the way they should. And, um, and that leads to a, 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 a negative environment. Uh, number five is genomic instability. So most people think of this as DNA damage. And so DNA damage can be caused from all different sources. It can be caused by UV radiation, which I'm sure you talk about all of the time. Um, yeah. It can be caused by you know uh, alcohol consumption or eating uh, unhealthy foods. So the body is fortunately able to repair DNA, but the more damage that occurs, uh, the more likely it is that the body misses something and mutations take place. And every time our DNA is damaged, our, our telomeres, which we'll talk about in the moment, they become shorter and more dysfunctional. Um, so I might as well just jump straight to telomere shortening. So telomere yeah. shortening, we'll say that's number six. Uh, so the, this is the, uh, the ends of the chromosomes and the chromosomes are where our DNA um, sits. And so these, these are like protective end caps of the chromosomes. And every time our, our cells are dividing, those telomeres get shorter. Yeah. And when those, those telomeres get too short, then health consequences result. For example, higher rates of gastrointestinal cancer if your telomeres are very short. Now, um, if you have a, a mid-length mid or a long-length telomere, you're probably in good shape. Uh, and, and the good thing is that telomeres are, are something that you can actually um, modify in the sense of you can increase their length with different dietary practices, with different supplements and, and so on. Um, number seven is epigenetic alterations. So we talked about the, the genes and DNA. So the epigenome, an analogy I, li I like to give is that if your genes are like a piano, the epigenome is like the piano player. And yeah. it's essentially the expression of the genes, which genes are turned on and which genes are turned off. And when we're young, our genes are uh, epigenetically expressed in a, in a very good way. If you imagine like it, it's, it's uh, playing a, you know, Tchaikovsky on, on, on the keys. Right. And yeah. then if you fast forward to, to, you know, the later years of your life, there are certain keys that you, you press the wrong key or you accidentally miss a key or you add a key and it, it doesn't sound as good as it did before. And so these alterations, these changes are detectable. Um, and, and there have actually been clocks um, that have been created to measure people's biological age based on these patterns that emerge in the epigenome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So number, number eight, I think we're up to now yeah. is deregulated nutrient sensing. So 
As we age, our cells are less tuned to nutrient signals, which then disrupts their ability to produce energy. So uh, if you think of people as they get older, common um, co common symptoms of, of age are, for example, higher blood glucose levels, less insulin sensitivity, higher yeah. levels of cholesterol and fatty acids and so on in the bloodstream. And uh, this, this is as a result of the deregulated nutrient sensing. Our bodies are not as sensitive to these molecules as they otherwise would be. Uh, number nine is stem cell exhaustion. So stem cells are, are the cells that are producing replicas or copies of themselves to then uh, you know uh, uh, maintain the health of our tissues and our organs. And they start to become dysfunctional as we age or they die off. And so as a result, our tissues end up being less replenished and they're less well-maintained. Um, number 10 is, is actually new. So just a little bit of context. The first nine were uncovered in a seminal paper in a journal called Cell almost a decade ago. And it was a meta-analysis of hundreds of other studies where they looked at uh, different causes of aging and then they categorized them and they categorized them into these nine hallmarks. Those same authors of that seminal paper have created a new paper that was only published about two months ago. And in this paper, they've identified three new hallmarks that they wanted to add to the original nine. So these are these are well known and they've been studied well, but they're new in the context of, of um, accounting them officially for uh, biological causes of aging. And so the first one of those is inflammaging. So not inflammation, it's inflammaging. It's a play on words. It's essentially a chronic low-grade inflammation. Uh, this this is inflammation that you know might be might be like a quiet whisper when uh, when you're in your you know twenties or thirties and as every decade passes it's it's increasing. Uh, an analogy I like to give for this is uh, the whole boiling frog example of you know the frog sitting in a in a cool tepid water pot and then uh, the temperature starts to rise slowly gradually before it gets to the point that it starts to boil. And, um, and so inflammation or inflammaging is something that, that we want to keep an eye on for aging. Uh, number 11 is disabled autophagy. So autophagy is, is a, um, uh, a, a biological process in which, um, cells and, and, uh, different components of cells are, are absorbed. Uh, the body will, will essentially eat those cells and eat those components and recycle them. And as you age, the body is less capable of doing it and does it less so. And then finally, uh, the final one is dysbiosis or microbiome dysbiosis. So there's been tons of research in the microbiome and how the microbiome can impact practically every other um, organ system in the body. Uh, we all heard by now about the you know gut-brain connection, but it goes well beyond just the gut-brain connection. It goes um, all over the place. Uh, and so um, as we age, the bacteria um, changes, and the the status of of the um, the microbiome changes. So, for example, maybe a more permeable gut, maybe more inflammation in the gut, maybe different bacterial species that are not as healthy start to emerge. Yeah. Uh, and we we actually see in very long lived people like centenarians that there's specific. Uh, microbial species, like for example, Acromancia is one of them that increases dramatically as, um, as people get into the later, um, uh, years of their life, um, 
that is the healthier people get into these later years of their life. Um, but it's at very low levels when you're young and it's that very low levels when you're unhealthy. So, um, um, those are all 12 if, if that wasn't enough. Yeah, no, that was wonderful. Thank you for that. Because I, I really wanted the audience to have this idea because, you know, it's very important to really, you know, outline these, these um, different 12 uh, points that you addressed here. Now I do have some questions and I, and I would love to elab for you to elaborate on a few of these. Um, you know, what my biggest one, I think, you know, I, I completely just, it makes sense to me, everything that you mentioned. Uh, first of all, I want to say that it, it really does all work together. And, you know, for everyone listening is it's good to have like a classification system where you're able to, you know, break down things into like, these are the different things that are working to create this one response. But there is this, you know, intrinsic mechanism in our body where everything does seem to work together at one point. So, you know, with that being said, I really want to learn about, um, for example, you had met uh, mentioned like autophagy and then you mentioned the epigenetics and the loss of proteostasis. I mean, all of this makes me think of like ubiquitination, right? And like marking proteins to go get degraded or, you know, telling cells when they need to like be, be done. You know what I mean? Like when apoptosis should occur. So like, what are some of the, the ways that Novos is targeting this from like a like a multifaceted angle, you know, in terms of just uh, whether it's your formulation or whether it's your approach towards these molecular pathways. I mean, has that been difficult or how, like, what's that whole experience been like for you um, to, to do that? Sure. So, so let, let me uh, give the audience a little bit more context and zoom out, and then we can zoom into your specific question. So Novos has a company, we're a public benefit corporation. Um, my my intention is to be able to to help society at large, regardless of whether they're they're uh, purchasing products from our from us or not. And part of this is because of my experience with a brain tumor. Um, another part of it is that um, I, I lost my mother while I was founding uh, the company to pancreatic cancer, and and I dedicated um, the company to her. And so I want to do as much as I can to try to reduce the suffering. Um, uh, while of course we are a for profit business, and so we we do need to sell product. So uh, with all of that said, uh, we, we've got three legs to the stool of Novos. So uh, one of those legs, and this is where we really shine for the public benefit, is in the form of information, knowledge that we share uh, with, with the public. We, we want to educate people about longevity, take the latest discoveries and innovations from the scientific lab, and do that knowledge transfer in a comprehensive way for the consumer to be able to understand it without dumbing it down. We, our, our content is, is written by MDs and PhDs uh, and scientifically referenced, but also something that is comprehensive for, for um, uh, the average person or the sophisticated person to be able to learn from. Uh, yeah. And so you can find that on our website, novoslabs.com on the blog section. Um, we also have webinars that we host where we, we dig into topics and you can watch videos of those on, on YouTube. Um, and so that's that's the first leg. The second leg is testing. And for testing, there are free things we can do. We offer a, a questionnaire on the website that gives you a longevity score. This, this is based on uh, scientific studies and your lifestyle and family history. And it can then give you a score as to how well you're doing for longevity. Uh, it, it's important to note that 90% of your longevity, so your health span and your lifespan is due to lifestyle and only 10% is, 
uh, is due to your, um, your, your genetics. So that's really important for people to keep in mind. It's not all in the genes. It's far less than most people think. And where it tends to become more important is when you're looking at people who are living to 110, 120 years old. Uh, but for most of us uh, to live to 90, 100 years old, it's predominantly lifestyle. Um, a second test we offer for free is something called face age, where it, uh, your, your audience might be particularly interested in this. It's a facial AI tool. Uh, mm. that, that we pay for, but we give it for free to our, um, to, to the general public. You take a selfie and it will, based on a data set of 12 million people, it will tell you how old your face looks, um, your facial eye score, like eye bags and so on, your skin health, like wrinkles, um, uh, inflammation in the form of redness, pore size, and so on. And then of course, we don't leave you with that. We give you then articles and content to um, give you guidance on how to improve all of these different scores. Um, and then we also have a, a, a product that we sell, which is called Novos Age. This is an epigenetic test. I mentioned the epigenome before. It looks at your epigenome and it tells you your pace of aging, your biological age, and your telomere length. So basically, uh, two of the hallmarks are accounted for in the form of the epigenetics and, and the telomeres in this test. And uh, it's it's not our own test. Admittedly, we license it from Columbia University and Duke University. Um, we did so because we firmly believe this is the most powerful test in the world for biological age. There are many companies coming out with them now. Some are saliva tests. We're a blood test, uh, which is superior to saliva tests. Um, there are 45 studies uh, published at 30 different labs across the world, um, investigating the tests that we we share. So it's very open in the scientific community, whereas other companies have their own private black box solution with really no scientific validation. Um, so for a number of reasons, we believe this is the best one. And, and we offer that to, to consumers to really track your pace of aging. It's kind of like the equivalent of a scale for a weight loss journey. This is uh, for your longevity journey. And then to your question, um, the third um, leg to Novos is our formulations. And this is our bread and butter. Uh, we have Novos Core and Novos Boost. Novos Core is what we are most proud of. This is a formulation. Uh, it's, it's made up of 12 different ingredients. It's the very first formula to address the 12 hallmarks of aging. Um, it was uh, created um, uh, with a team of scientists and MDs. Uh, we have a scientific advisory board of six members from Harvard Medical School, MIT, and the Salk Institute. Some really big names in the scientific community. For example, Dr. George Church, who invented genome sequencing in the 1980s, um, uh, but all of whom are um, researchers in, in the longevity space. And so um, together, we've, we formulated this. It's a patent-pending formulation. Um, these 12 ingredients, the, the total, um, uh, weight of all of these is, is almost seven grams of active ingredients. When you think of most supplements, they're giving you like 250 milligrams of something or 500 milligrams. Uh, but we're, we're giving a very uh, significant dose based on what studies have found to be the most effective dosages. Um, and so, uh, to getting specifically to your question, we wanted to make sure that all of the ingredients um, had impacts on aging. And if you go to our website and you uh, go to the science section at the top and you click on approach, you'll yeah. see the approach we took specifically for the formulation. And so I'll, I'll mention a few of them. There are 10 different 
considerations we made. But one I've already mentioned is they have to have the ability to impact aging hallmarks and ideally multiple at the same time. Um, they have to have been able to extend lifespan in various animal models, which would then hint at the uh, um, the biological pathways as being evolutionarily conserved. So in yeah. other words, evolution found this to be important enough to make sure that it exists in worms and in mice and in primates and in humans. And therefore it is fair to believe that this is also going to extend lifespan in humans. Right. Now I say that because it's difficult to measure, sorry, to track lifespan in humans in a study because it would take tens of millions of dollars, decades to complete. And it's just not very feasible to do lifespan studies on humans, but we can in animals and we can understand how the substance is working and then compare to humans. And then we can also look at humans and see when they take these substances, do they display better health? For example, lower incidences of aging related uh, diseases. Um, Yeah. Is it associated with a reduced risk of mortality in humans? So th- these are, uh, I've only gotten up to the first five of the 10, but these are different considerations we've made when we uh, put all of the different potential ingredients through a filter to then arrive at a smaller subset from which we then dug really deep into the research to get to an even smaller subset to eventually reach the twelve. Yeah, I mean, you know, it makes sense uh, what you're saying, because at the end of the day, you know, it really is about studying the commonalities, like you said, in the evolutionary status of all organisms that match very closely to human, you know, the human genome. And I think that is like kind of the standard in in science, I think, overall. But my biggest question um, still, you know, it, it it's always this idea of... Um, you know, how do you really measure the value of age, you know, in terms of not just years, but like, you know, there's also this component of like um, a good life, right? Like in terms of just being alive versus just being actually healthy and alive. So I want to ask you, you know, with the approach you guys are taking, um, are you measuring, like, wh- like, what exactly are you measuring? Are you measuring, for example, like, um, you know, you had mentioned the epigenome and then doing that test where you can, you know, analyze just based on that, what someone's age span is most likely going to be. I mean, are you going again and again and like measuring that, like, after people start taking the product or like, how does the the actual testing and the clinical trials and stuff work around this? Sure. So when it comes to scientific testing, we, we also have on our website in the science section, a, a page called evidence. And um, in there, uh, we go over the very fundamentals from which we formulated, which is uh, at this point, more than uh, 220 scientific studies uh, for um testing to the power of our ingredients. Then we did um, some, some, uh, you know, user testing to make sure that that there were no side effects. Um, and, and so we had dozens of people testing before we launched as a company, uh, making sure there are no side effects, and then also finding out any short-term benefits that they might experience, which we were happy to find there were numerous, for example, improvements in skin health in the form of um, hydration and, and firmness, which I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about in a moment uh, yeah. in, in terms of um, f- uh, mood. So we found that people um, were more calm and uh, um, that's probably mediated by a few of the ingredients that if we get into those later, I, c- I can share. Uh, and uh, improvements in energy and sleep. And so yeah. so th- those were all really good early signs. We went on from there to do um, a skin test. It was a very small um, in-house study, but we used this device called an indentometer 
to measure the firmness of skin. And we found that all test subjects had improvements in their, their skin firmness um, at a minimum of uh, 12%, an average of 22%, and a maximum that was significantly higher than that. I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, then we went on to in vitro um, studies. So we, we used uh, human cells, um, in some cases, um, uh, skin cells, for example, and we, we so far have um, done studies looking at DNA damage as well as cellular senescence. So the very first study we ran, we, um, we had a control that did not get Novos. And then, um, of course, we had the experiment with Novos. And we, uh, we irradiated the cells, and we found that Novos was able to reduce DNA uh, oxidation by um, somewhere in the neighborhood of about um, uh, 50%. 45 or 50%. Yes. Very significant. The lab that did this for us had done about $7 million worth of studies prior to Novos core. They had warned us and said, we've studied all of your ingredients. There's no significant improvements. We've also done pharmaceutical drugs. We haven't found anything that really wowed us. And then they, before even calling us, they called their CEO to tell them, tell him our results because we were the first formulation after $7 million worth of studies that they found we had such significant results. So that, that was a really nice positive outcome that, that we found. We, we then yeah, went on to, amazing. really yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, well, so on that, that same theme of DNA damage, I'll skip ahead to the third study. So, so there's another one that we haven't published yet because we're doing more studies with them, but there is um, a laboratory uh, in Italy, um, an academic lab that uh, administer chemotherapeutics to, um, to uh, human uh, cells, and then with, again, Novos and without Novos, and found that with a very aggressive chemo, um, in the control where there's no Novos, practically all of the DNA has double uh, strand breaks. Uh, and so that that's beyond oxidative damage. That is like mutilating the, the DNA. It's almost like a comparison that's with like a UV car. Damage. That's straight UV damage. Like, you know what I mean? Like really... Like UV right. damage. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like, I, I think of an analogy with a car. It's like oxidative damage would be like rusting of the, of the exterior of the car. Whereas double strand breaks is like slicing the car down the axle, right? It's like yeah. a completely different yeah. level. And so uh, for that, we, 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 I can't speak of specific numbers, but uh, what I will say is that we have significantly reduced the amount of double strand and single strand breaks of the DNA um, after administration of, of the Novos formulation um, to, those, to those cells. Um, a third study we did was looking at cellular senescence, and we compared to the gold standard longevity drug uh, that all researchers consider to be the best longevity drug in existence, which is rapamycin. It's a prescription drug for immunomodulation, typically prescribed for organ transplants. It has actually been found to extend lifespan in every, every species that has been studied. Uh, but yeah. it's aggressive and not everyone wants to, to take a, uh, a prescription drug, especially because of side effects. And so um, it was found that we had a senostatic property um, on the senescent cells. So we stopped the senescent cells from spreading and we actually shrunk the size of them by about 45%. And it was at the same order of magnitude approximately as the prescription gold standard rapamycin. Um, and then getting to humans and more of an in vivo approach, uh, what we found was 
Uh, we did a case study uh, just for the sake of, of speed and, and being able to execute quickly. Um, this was a small scale. It was um, 11 participants. Um, but what we found was with epigenetic testing, 73% um, of the participants had statistically significant improvements in their pace of aging. And then of those who did not have improvements, zero of them had accelerated aging, which you would expect would happen if they're um, uh, just because of uh, you know, life lifestyle stressors, right? So you would yeah. expect there would be some who had accelerated aging, zero did. And the p-value of the study, so, you know, the probability that this is um, not a, uh, sorry, that it is a coincidence was 0 0.001. So well beyond the 0 0.05 expectation for statistical significance. And now we have clinical trials also underway, but um, they're they're at the very beginning. So I can't, I can't say anything right. about those yet. Wow, I'm really blown away right now, Chris. This is really, really great data. I mean, that's that's very impressive. I mean, I know there's a lot of buzz right now around, for example, like metformin um, about anti-aging benefits or whatever, but I'm not, you know, I'm not fully sold on that. You know what I mean? So like, I really, really value what you guys are doing here because the idea, it again, comes back to that question I had asked you was that, you know, is there like, you know, individual targeting of these 12, you know, hallmarks of aging. But the, in reality, I mean, you have to have a formula that is combating things in a very like, I guess, I don't know what the real word would be, but it's like a, a multi, like multifaceted approach, right? I mean, I always think of the human body and for this for everyone listening that, you know, it's it's a moving, living organism, right, guys? So everything's changing constantly. So for you to be able to target things like signs of aging or the, you know, the real underlying causes of aging, that's going to change day to day. And it's also going to change based on you as a person, you know, especially because Chris, you had brought up, for example, the microbiome and just for our listeners, you know, to kind Kind of further elaborate on that you know your microbiome for example is different based on who you are just like your epigenome is you know it's something that we're now in science coming to the realization of this individualized need of treatment plans for people you know this one size fits all is very hard to accomplish i think but what you guys are doing is really so interesting to me because with everything in science there's a fundamental baseline that you have to work with. And I think by figuring out these hallmarks and then targeting these hallmarks, you're establishing that baseline of what longevity science should really be and where it should start, you know? So I'm very excited to see what you build upon, you know, with this data and what you've already discovered. And um, also hats off to you for working with such talented um, professionals on your team, you know, on your medical board. That's very impressive that you're working with these people. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's, um, it's, as I mentioned before, it is my passion and, and I'm creating products that I myself um, want uh, to take. Uh, and I want to give to my, my, my friends, my family, my loved ones, and then of course, the community at large. So um yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. And, you know, one thing I love that what you said was this idea of like overall, like you had spoken something about mood, I think, or um, just overall, like, uh, you know, does mood stabilization. I think you had said something about that. And I noticed you have lithium in your um, ingredient list. And I like that you have this low dose of lithium in there because it's actually interesting. I was, you know, very long ago, there was this psychiatrist I used to follow and he was doing some very interesting work 
work where he was saying that, you know, half the time the patients, even if they were patients that were just, you know, uh, seasonally depressed or, you know, whatever it was, it didn't have to be a, like a mood disorder, right? It was just anything, anyone who would come to him, he was, what he was doing was using microdosing of lithium and it was working if in all patients, like it wasn't just like one disease or one disorder or no, it was across the board. So he had collected the significant amount of data around that one ingredient and its benefits if you use it in the right doses, you know? And so that's really where my next question is, you know, aside from just lithium is this dosing uh, concept and how that was for you and your team to like really nail down the ideal, um, you know, amounts of each of these ingredients. And, you know, what was that process like and where did you really figure out this metric of, you know, what the right dose is for each ingredient. Yeah. So, so a quick comment on lithium, which is that, you know, the dosage that we use is a microdose. So it's a, a, you know, one, one hundredth of what you might get in a bipolar setting, for example. And it's yeah. important for people to realize that lithium is a natural element that's typically found in our food supply throughout evolution, right? So yes. um, it leaches through the, through the rocks into the water and then into the water supply for the plants, for the animals and for you. Um, and we, with water purification and with processed uh, foods and, and factory farming and so on, we don't have lithium in our diet like we used to. But um, the reason we included lithium was because it has favorable impacts on the epigenome, on lifespan and different animal um, uh, studies, as well as on, on cognitive uh, disorders like or neurological disorders like uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. There was a really interesting article published in the New York Times a while back where they looked at different um, communities that had lithium in their natural food and water supply. And what they found was that there were lower rates of depression, suicide, yeah. um, uh, rape, murder. All of the rates of all of these went down significantly when it was these micro doses in people's food and water supply. So, um, so there's all of these longevity benefits, and then it's a nice to have that it, it also just helps you feel more in control of your life in a sense. Um, and so, um, so that, that's a nice to have added short-term benefit, um, or, or midterm benefit that, that you get from, from the ingredient. Now to your question about, about dosing for all of these ingredients, okay. uh, we went through all of this, the scientific papers and. Uh, of course, a lot of them are animal studies, and then you you can do, um, uh, you know, the 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 dose equivalents or the scaling for uh, for for humans. But then, of course, there are human studies for all of these ingredients too. So everything we use is a natural ingredient. It's either found in human biology, but declines with time. For example, calcium alpha ketoglutarate, um, the alpha ketoglutarate molecule um, is is something that we have. Um, that um, uh, declines precipitously as we age. Um, hyaluronic acid, another one that is in our biology, but we we have less of it. But and then there are other things that we have in our food. Um, um, it's just found in nature, and we've been consuming. And so when we looked at the scientific studies, of course, we look at we consider toxicology and uh, LD fifties, and and then we make sure that we are nowhere near any of those types of dosages. Uh, we look at the uh, um, where side effects might occur in different studies uh, for different dosages. And then we also look at like the minimum effective doses and, and which dosages are um, exhibiting the favorable characteristics when it comes to longevity. Um, and then of course, we then have to have this holistic vision looking at all of the ingredients 
and, um, and, and, and keeping in mind that we don't want to overdo anything. For example, uh, if, if, a, if a molecule is a hormetic stressor, right? So this idea of hormesis, which is putting a little bit of stress on the body, um, and then the body comes back stronger and more resilient. Uh, you can think of that in a macro sense. Uh, when you exercise, your muscles will get bigger from the stress you put on them. Um, it happens at the microscopic level too. And there are certain like um, uh, ingredients, uh, phytonutrients found in plants, like for example, terastilbene, which is in, in Novos, uh, which has a little bit of a hormetic effect. Uh, so we wanted to be mindful of the hormetic effect and make sure that we didn't overdo the, the hormesis. Um, uh, same thing with fisetin. Fisetin um, at higher doses can have senolytic effects, um, but because this is daily administration and because if you go too aggressive with senolytics, you can actually damage nearby healthy cells, including stem cells. We didn't want to risk that. So we kept the dosage lower. So th this is, I can't give you like a very simple answer, but what I would basically say is that we, we looked at the ranges of the dosages. We looked at the, the um, side effect profiles and toxicology data. We looked at the minimum effective dosages. We looked at all of the ingredients and the mechanisms through which they worked. And then we determined an ingredient, uh, sorry, a, a dosage uh, with all of the ingredients in mind that would be... Um, ideal in our, you know, professional estimation, along with the scientists that, that were a part of the project. Interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting because I, I know that, you know, that is like for dosing, it makes sense. I mean, if you have, uh, you know, animal models, yeah, you can superimpose that and do the calculations and stuff. But I mean, there is still this thing of really, you know, modulating dose for human beings that is, you know, it, it's a whole area of science in terms of like, you have to be very careful because even though it it makes sense to have a certain dose, um, given what, the, you know, if you are testing in a mouse and then you want to transpose that onto a human, you still have to be careful because we will react differently, you know, and depending on just your overall biology but that's a really interesting approach and i and i think it's a great start you know in terms of figuring that out because i always ask brands you know i have so many brands that come on that are you know quote clinical grade or medical grade and my first question is always well what's your dosing you know where is this concept because nobody's really um i think discussing that and i the reason i bring that up is we had previously spoken about microdosing and that's just a testament to what i where I'm getting at is that, you know, sometimes you don't need too much of things. Sometimes you don't need what you think you'll need for, you know, a drug or a pharmaceutical or any kind of molecule to work and provide benefits. So, you know, I think it's a very um, intricate dance in the, in the realm of science, you know, figuring this out. So I'm very interested to see, you know, how your formula evolves over time. I'm also curious to see, you know, if in the future, the clinical trials that you guys are going to be getting data back for, like how that turns out. But um, very fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, you know, a couple of, a couple of things to mention. So, you know, trying to extrapolate from an animal species is the whole like allometric scaling approach. Right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. but allometry is, is you can only go so far with that. Like you said, like we, we might still react differently. Um, and it's, it's not a precise um, way to go about doing things. So, um, that's where looking at studies and historical data and, and, particularly in humans really, really comes into play. Uh, the other thing I'd mentioned is the, the whole, you know, dose response curve concept, uh, you know, this U-shaped uh, dosage response curve that, that most drugs tend to follow, which is, 
um, you know, essentially like the optimal dose isn't the highest nor the lowest. Um, it's somewhere in between. And yeah. you, you have to really find like where, where that, that middle ground is to, to be able to have that, that maximal, um, efficacy, um, and also then minimizing, minimizing any chances for, for side effects. So the, yeah, these are things that, that we're very mindful of in, in all of the products that we, we put out, um, as well as any advice or guidance that we give on, on our content, um, when it comes to other types of supplements that we recommend people consider taking for general health, um, supplements that we don't sell, but that we're just trying to give some guidance on, we, we consider those factors. Yeah, absolutely. And just to add to your point, you know, I know you guys are doing it right, but, you know, just for our audience, you know, there is this thing called pharmacokinetics. And really what you learn from that, like studying pharmacokinetics with different types of pharmaceuticals is this idea of accumulation over time. And I know, Chris, you had mentioned the toxicology, um, you know, aspect of things earlier on, but I think that's something that uh, consumers have to be aware of with like just any supplements. You know, I think if you're just out there going to like a GNC or a Walgreens or something, like I just really um, urge all of you to keep in mind that, you know, molecules and drugs and any kind of um, any vitamin, anything it is you put in your body, it will accumulate over time, whether that's on a cellular level level or subcellular cellular level, I can't speak, sorry, um, it will accumulate. And there's that's where toxicology is very important to really keep in mind and to understand, because what I'm seeing a lot of right now in the consumer space is that people are buying all these supplements and they're just basically without knowing it ODing on them on a molecular level because your body is just getting exposed to too much you know so that's where I think Novos for me it's very very exciting Chris because you guys are really you know you're giving this solution oriented approach to the average consumer versus them just going into a store and trying to pick out like what supplements are going to help me you know what i mean in terms of whether that's aging well whether that's energy levels whether that's you know uh whatever it is that you think that you're lacking in right i mean you have to go to a reliable source and i think novos is definitely definitely paving that that road you know in terms of um also supplement science because you know it, it's really anarchy in that realm you know right now as, as far as i see it and from a science perspective you know there's really no regulation and there's no way of really telling if these supplements are even working and you know a classic example i love to state is vitamin d you know how many people do you guys know out there that or your family member or somebody that is lacking in vitamin d levels i mean it's like a problem that's getting worse and worse you know as we see in medical science yearly it's getting worse more people are reporting lower uh, levels of vitamin d and unfortunately, the what we do, you know, from the medical standpoint is we'll give you, say, for example, 50,000 international units, you know, and say that here you go, take this once a week, and we're just going to hope and pray it works. But un unfortunately, what we're noticing with these vitamins and these things that we're providing to help your body is that you're not absorbing them. So, you know, that's where I get very fascinated, Chris, with Novos, because you had mentioned this idea of nutrition absorption, right? Like actual utilization of nu nutrients. And so I'm very curious, you know, if you could really talk about that aspect, because I think it's very important to educate our consumers about um, what nutrient absorption or utilization really means from a science perspective and how you guys are approaching it. Sure, sure. So, um, and, and there, there's one thing that that you you brought to mind uh, that that I'd, I'd like to comment on, which is uh, when when I was starting Novos, um, 
I, I was going to biotech conferences and uh, hearing, you know, all, all of the research that was being done in longevity and uh, came to realize that everything that was being done was either purely academic or it was biotech pharmaceutical. And there was really nothing happening on, on the consumer side. But then when I looked at the supplement space, to your point, I felt like the, the supplement space was was not very accountable and responsible and um, largely as a result of, of not as much FDA regulation, which is a blessing in some ways and a curse in others. And so what I wanted to do was to create a company that that took the best aspects from each of those those respective industries and merged them together into a uh, uh, a company that kind of stands in the middle uh, between those two um, types of uh, companies. And so we we get the benefit of a supplement company in the sense that our ingredients are natural, so we don't need to do the FDA. Um, you know, uh, approval um, process of, of, of testing out, um, you know, rigorously with, with tens of millions or sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars before bringing uh, the product to market. Um, and that, that means that we could also iterate more quickly. We could launch more products um, and we could also address, you know, uh, aging as a quote unquote disease rather than having to create something for a medical uh, condition, which, uh, the pharmaceutical side has to create something for some sort of medical condition. Yeah. Um, and that, that in some sense is a, is a limitation for them. Uh, and then the pros of, of pharma and biotech is that they are uh, very methodical about, about the research, about the scientific experiments, about proving out efficacy and safety data. Um, and so we wanted to bring both to the table and then add something in that no one was doing, which is really, just being very transparent with the consumer and making them, educating them and making them aware. You know, we are very confident in what we're doing. Uh, we don't think we're, we're perfect and we will learn along the way, but um, we, we, uh, we want the community, the consumer to learn along with us and to be healthier in a, in a process. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so with all of that said to your question, uh, when when it comes to uh, the absorption of of the different nutrients, you know, a couple of of quick things that come to mind is, of course, uh, related to the um, the solubility of the molecules, right? So the fat soluble mole molecules like vitamin D or or K or A, E, um, these these tend to accumulate more in the body, more so than the water soluble uh, molecules. Uh, water soluble molecules, you, you know, you oftentimes hear you pee it out though. It's not that simple. Some, some water soluble, soluble, uh, molecules you might accumulate more so, um, than, than you might think. Um, but it is easier for the body to rid itself of, of, you know, a quote unquote overdose of, of something like, you know, vitamin B12 or the B vitamins in general. Um, so, uh, yeah. So when it comes to that, and especially when it's, uh, general health supplements, as we put it, as opposed to longevity health supplements, um, we, we suggest that people exercise more caution when it comes to these fat soluble, um, vitamins. Like for example, you mentioned vitamin D. So that's something you probably want to get tested once a year or, or twice a year, just to make sure that your, your levels are within a healthy range and you're not going too high or getting too low. Uh, and, and that can then apply also for, um, uh, you know, vitamin A and vitamin E and, and so on. Uh, and then for, for the water soluble vitamins, you, you can, um, be a little bit more liberal with, with your, um, uh, intake of them. Of course, you don't want to go to, to, you know, real extremes. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if you have a, 
if you have a, a, a B complex vitamin or something, and you see that you have like 1000% of the daily value of vitamin B12, like that, that's fine. Um, and it's fine because of what I mentioned, because it's water soluble, but also because the RDAs that the government has established are, um, many would believe are, are too low for, for most of the um, essential nutrients out there, largely because the, the way that they do their studies is to, um, to just prevent any sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, condition, uh, illness from taking form, like, you know, scurvy, for example, yeah. um, yeah. but, but not for the sake of optimized health. And the second yeah. thing is that they're not really long-term studies. It's just like looking for making sure that these things, these illnesses don't take place, but not about like over the course of years or decades, like what is the ideal level for you to have? And so generally speaking, most of the nutrients, not all, but most of them are, um, a little bit, the RDAs are, are, are a little bit on, on the more conservative lower end. And we, as a company suggest that you, you might want to go a little bit higher on, on some of those nutrients. Then of course it's individual. Um, so like I, for example, I, I have a genetic polymorphism, uh, called MTHFR C677T I'm homozygous for it. And so that means that I don't methylate as well. And so, um, you know, a good, 15% approximately of the population is also homozygous for this. And uh, maybe another 30% are, are heterozygous for it. So it's pretty common, but it means that I need more uh, B vitamins and, and more methyl donors uh, than, than the average person does. And so I, I take, you know, my, my multi or my B, my B complex every day. And I, I get some methyl donors in the form of whether it be choline from egg yolks or, um, you, know, you can also supplement with uh, choline or phosphatidylcholine or or trimethylglycine. You know all of these different types of uh, supplements to be able to increase your methyl uh, donors a little bit. So it, there are individualistic um, aspects to it that if you really want to dig into, you could. Uh, but there are some general rules just when it comes to like fat soluble versus water soluble and. Um, which ones you can be a little bit more liberal with and versus which ones you want to be a little more conservative with. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it makes sense what you're saying. And I, I fully understand that, you know, you want to take fat soluble vitamins with fats, right? I get, I get that. Mm -hmm. But I also, I think for me, it was more of a question of, you know, just gut permeability and, you know, how we de are dealing with now with like a more leaky gut syndromes everywhere, you know, or what people are saying to be leaky gut, you know? Um, and I, I, my big, the big reason why I asked was because I think overall, you know, we're seeing this reduced absorption of what we really need to for just optimal health because mm -hmm. of things like too much preservatives in our food because of things like that are just training our body to not function as it would if you grew up for example in the woods somewhere right like i mean mm -hmm. i have grandparents who lived in rural india and they both you know both my grandfather and my grandmother like maternal side lived to be over 100 years old and all they ate was uh farm agriculture land you know uh grown by themselves like the food they grew for themselves you know and it was not riddled with all the all the crap that we deal with now in the western world and they lived to be very very healthy you know and not they weren't just a hundred some years old they were healthy at that age and i can't you know help but wonder you know what is it that we're doing in western society that's leading to this um you know just i guess uh you know speeding up the process of this aging but also even if we do live to be longer like live longer like we're not living 
you know, better lives is my point, right? And that's where I think the absorption part really was very interesting to me because one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of patients with various disorders is that it really comes down to, are you absorbing the normal nutrients your body needs? Because if you go to your doctor and get a blood blood work done, you know, and, and really test and see if you have the right amounts, you guys will be shocked sometimes, you know, what you're lacking in. So uh, that's why I'd asked you, Chris, but I think your answer was wonderful. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, I think just to round out the interview, I want to ask you, what is the future for Novos? Like, what are you guys looking to do, you know, in the coming years? Um, I know you had mentioned clinical trials, very exciting, but like just, you know, an overview, if you could provide us. Sure. Yeah. So, so we, we, as a company intend to always be on, on the you know tip of the spear when it comes to longevity research. And uh, we do this by being very close with the scientific community, whether it be our scientific advisory board members that you can see on our website, or it's the, you know, more than a dozen other scientists that we regularly work with that you, you don't see on our website. Um, and, and that we, we expect as we grow, will also grow in the, the, the uh, relationships that we have with, with scientists, as well as medical doctors who are pr practicing, uh, you know, uh, longevity medicine in, in their clinics. Uh, and so, uh, you know, along those lines, that means that as as scientific discoveries are made and scientific innovations are are made, uh, we we intend to bring them to Novos and then to you, the consumer. So that will mean uh, future formulations. It will mean future tests um, and and uh, you know experiences for you to be able to um, adhere to a long more uh, a lifestyle that's more conducive to longevity. Uh, it, it will mean additional content and expanding that beyond what we currently have. Um, and so we, we envision ourselves as being, and, and I believe we, we already are this, but there's just not as much public awareness for longevity as, as would be ideal uh, as a longevity platform. And as consumers become more aware of the idea of longevity, we hope that they choose us as being that platform for transparent, honest information um, uh, for the best solutions that are available. Uh, that's, that's what we always want to do is, is provide the best solutions that, that, uh, that you can possibly, um, possibly find out there on the market. And so, um, we, we intend to adhere to that as, as we grow and as, as the scientific, uh, body of evidence grows. I love that. And you know what, in my books, you guys are the hallmark for longevity science. So I really, really applaud you and your work and really where it, like the, the vision, you know, you've shared with us is just so touching to me as a human being that you've come from this very genuine place with what you're doing. And I am just so excited to see that this is happening and that you're doing this and you're bringing this to the world because we need more people like yourself and your team that are really dedicated to understanding human health and understanding how to create accessible options like Novos is doing. I really encourage everyone that's tuned in for this episode, you guys have to check out this brand. I'm not joking. If there's one brand when it comes to anything ingestible and in general, I mean, in general, when it comes to longevity, it's this, you know, I, like I said, have been very, very excited to interview Chris, you know, ever since I learned of the brand and I'm very excited, you know, even now, even more excited now that I've spoken to him about just the, the overall vision, because this is the next 
frontier, in my opinion. You know, you we have to support companies that are doing this kind of work and doing it with such good diligence and due diligence. So I really encourage everyone listening, check out novoslabs.com. You're going to find all this information that Chris has mentioned on there. And I really, really encourage you guys to do that homework and to dive in, you know, dive into this and take your health in your own hands in some ways where you're learning and you're becoming more knowledgeable and then ask questions, you know, wherever you, you know, find holes or questions for yourself, ask them and we'll definitely pass them along to Chris's team. But Chris, thank you so much. This has been such an honor and I would absolutely love to host you again anytime if you have time in your schedule. Oh, thanks so much, Ekta. It's it's been a pleasure. And and I, I will say that your your questions are are among the more sophisticated questions that I've been asked on podcasts. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, I will be back next time.